people deluded i'm back again good morning and i hope you're all doing well and safe welcome back to another edition of the deluded podcast the dg podcast a really and truly podcast like i said good morning to those of you over here in the uk happy monday morning i hope you will crush your goals and aspirations for this week um so yeah man it is what it is in that regards happy to be back once again i hope you're all in good spirits i'm not gonna lie there isn't too much to speak about it's quite a slow news week in relation to football and whatnot and a lot of what i could speak about has been covered in the last podcast before i left you guys to enjoy your weekends but either way it's fa cup week you know arsenal won arsenal trying to retain that trophy so it is what it is in that regards people so we might as well jump straight into it now to commence the fa cup action over the weekend you obviously saw aston villa versus liverpool an extremely understrength aston villa team due to covid and Obviously, you know, there's a couple of under 23s players on their books and in and around the first team. They can't play because obviously with COVID, you know, there's there's bubbles and things like that. So they had to go with players that haven't been exposed. And, you know, it's, it's sad. I think it kind of hurts the credibility of the tournament that a team cannot put out a credible a credible thingy, a credible 11. Like, I'm not criticising Liverpool. It's not Liverpool's fault at all. But, you know, if Liverpool go off to win the league title, win the title now, apologies, win the, the cup, what is said then when we look back at this first round where maybe it probably is extremely unlikely, but just to play devil's advocate, Aston Villa were allowed to, you know, play this game when they do have a full strength team maybe they knock out Liverpool you know we've seen you know Brighton almost went out you know we've seen Leeds gone out it's the magic of the FA Cup shots can happen and I know it's not the most prestigious trophy anymore really and truly if it was um but I just think it hurts the credibility of the tournament that West um Aston Villa sorry haven't been given the luxury of rescheduling this match when it can be played um and this is good I think it sets a bad precedent but it is what it is, to be honest with you people. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for some of these Aston Villa. You know, some of them are barely under 23. Some of them are young 18-year-olds and things like that. Louis Barry, who, you know, has played for a couple of clubs, much less, you know, on his CV, Barcelona's there already at 17 years of age, 18 years of age. Lovely moment for him and his family and whatnot after, you know, doing his thing at West Brom. He went to Barca, it didn't work out. He's returned to the Midlands. Apparently, he's an Aston Villa fan and he comes from a family of Aston Villa fans. I can't, you know, check the validity of that. But I know it must be a good moment. At the end of the day, he scored against Liverpool. You know, he scored the equaliser or something at that point. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Against Liverpool. Again, no one knows how his career is going to go. He is a very talented boy, but that is fantastic for him to bag in a first-team game against Liverpool. And you never know what could happen now. That might tempt, you know, when we, Dean Smith, when we're over this sort of stuff, to say, all right, cool, I'm going to bring you in. You're going to get involved. You know, it weren't just him. There was committed performance from all of them young lads. You know, the keeper, Anoidi, I can't say his name, made a number of bad boy saves um, to prevent Liverpool, you know, Bogarde in the middle of the park. Sealer did well in my in my opinion. Ben Christie got stuck in. You know Kane Kelsler Hayden. He he did what he could. I think all of them young lads can can leave the pitch. You know feeling good about themselves because you know you can't how many of them have played senior football and at a point you were in the game against a Liverpool team you know you only lost 4-1 not that that's anything proud of obviously excluding the context but 
you know, you're playing against some world-class players. You're playing against Champions League winners and Premier League winners and them things there. You're playing against Henderson, Ronaldo, Fabinho, Milner, Salah, Mane. There's nothing wrong with being inexperienced and losing. And obviously, you saw Liverpool, the subs they were bringing off the bench, man. I mean, Oxlade, Firmino, Thiago, Shakiri, Origi. You know, it's crazy. The depth at what not people. It's cra- it crazy. And one thing I've realised over the FA Cup action this weekend is that I know... Obviously, man, are good footballers because they're playing Premier League. But a number of games, like even Daily Ali, really against um Marine, I know these are you know, and I, I know they're footballers. But you know, you really get a reminder when they play someone who's not yet. Don't get it twisted. Spurs played some part timers, literally. But you get to see the golfing class, and I'm not talking about the technical level, the skill. It's the speed of thought. It's the it's them sort of things. And I think Delhi, you know, that was one Delhi's one performance that was sticking out for me. Um, in relation to that. But yeah, Liverpool are through to the next round. It is well, it is commendable performance from Aston Villa's young lads, but it ain't enough really. You're out. Adama Traore struck in the 35th minute and that was enough to see Wolves through and over the line as they beat Crystal Palace a goal to nil. You know, Everton, pardon me, good fight from Rotherham. They tried, they did what they could. You know, they needed Decore to score in the 93rd minute to snatch victory and advance to the next round. And I think Rotherham can can leave the field with some pride. They did what they could, people. You know, they took it into extra time and things like that. Well, added on time, basically. Um, you know, both teams had 16 shots, four on target. You know, as you'd expect, Aston, I mean, Everton are going to dominate possession and passes. But either way, you know, Rotherham gave as good as they got. And it weren't exactly a weak Everton team. You know, obviously there was a bit of rotation, but you still saw... Gordon, Dijane, Godfrey, Tom Davis, Iwobi, Hamed, and Czech Tolson. Czech Tolson apparently is in hot air after a celebration as well, allegedly with far right or whatever with, 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 with back in his homeland in Turkey. I don't know enough to comment on that, but I did see an article on Sky Sports about that. Um, sadly, Millwall lost 2-0. Two, two um, sadly, Millwall won 2-0. Apologies to Boreham Wood. Didn't want them to win. Luton, you know, I, I got a lot of time for Luton and the, the way they're doing things. They pulled off a tiny upset in that they defeated Reading a goal to nil. Nottingham Forest beat Cardiff 1-0. Nor, um, Norwich beat Coventry 2-0. Another, another shock now. Again, it was a young and, and youthful Derby County team, but they lost 2-0 to Chorley. Chorley are through to the next round. And you could even hear their manager or whatever. He was saying, I ain't even had time to focus on the game. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a head teacher. I've been focused on school. Um, so again, the magic of the FA Cup for me is, is is amazing. Obviously, it was nice to see the likes of Bobby Duncan. Um, you know, I can never say his name, but Osaze, um, Osaze of 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 Derby. You know, I can't say his last name. There's a couple of talented uh, talented boys there. Hutchinson. You know, there's a couple of talented Isaac Hutchinson. There's a couple of talented boys collectively around the Derby squad, and not all of them get chances and things like that. You had Solomon as well. You know, 18 years of age, you know. So this is the one thing I like with the FA Cup. It's giving young players opportunities. And sadly, you know, even more opportunities, obviously, because of COVID. You know, Derby, Wayne Rooney weren't there. And neither was the first team. Aston Villa, we've spoken about that. And there probably was impacted elsewhere. Now, Blackburn Rovers lost to Doncaster. You know, big up Tyrese John-Jules, who is on loan there. Um, you know, Doncaster won 1-0 against Blackburn. Um, Tyler Richards, former Manchester Manchester City lad, um, struck in the 42nd minute and they'll advance to the next round and you know they had to remain penned in you know Blackburn had over 20 shots but they got over the line you know 
another upset, Blackpool, you know, Blackpool f- went through on penalties after a good and valiant performance against West Bromwich Albion. You know, forgive me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure Darnell Furlong missed the penalty. You know, credit to Blackpool. You know, Blackpool worked very hard in that in that game, people. You know, they took the lead and then they were penned back and they took the lead again before obviously a penalty took it to add it on time and things like that. But then they showed bottle in. It's just going from bad to worse for Sam Allardyce and, and Sam Allardyce's men. You know, they I'm pretty sure most fans would take going out of the FA Cup if it meant staying in the Premier League. But you've got to pick up form somewhere. You've got to try and collectively do stuff like that. And, you know, simply outclassed is what it is. And this is what the FA... This is the magic of the FA Cup. This is why it's here, man. Giant killings, you know. Wickham defeated Preston a goal, four goals to nil in that game. I didn't watch that. QPR lost 2-0 to Fulham. Stevenage were beaten 2-0 as well by Swansea. Um, Burnley got over the line against MK Don. Sheffield United finally picked up a victory, not in the lead, but against League, but against Bristol Rovers. Bournemouth beat Oldham Athletic 4-1. Leicester put Stoke firmly to the sword. That was quite a game. I think James Justin has had a great season and he deserved his goal. Barnes, Perez and Albrighton also got on the score sheet and, you know, Stoke simply put got battered. Sheffield Wednesday won 2-0 against Exeter. You had Brentford beating Middlesbrough two goals to one. Plymouth won 3-2 against Huddlesfield. Scott McTominay, who captained the side, you do know he loves an, an early goal when he has been scoring this season. He struck in the fifth minute and they got over the line against Watford. I did think there was some scares from Watford. I did think United made it a bit harder than it needed to be. Simply put, they got over the line. I did think Teller struggled a bit as well, but they got over the line. You know, and they're through to the next round and they can focus on the league action this week. You know, good moment for Dean Henderson. Obviously, he gets keeps a clean sheet, doesn't start too many times. Um, and it was quite nice. Whatever you think, man, it's not, I like academy players. And, you know, Lingard's come through United's academy and I don't like to include him with the Ute man thing, but I do like to see DNA. You know, you see Henderson, you see Tashebi, you see Brendan Williams, Scott McTominay, Lingard and... Obviously, the flag bearer is, is Greenwood, you know. It's nice to, nice to see some sort of identity at a couple football clubs with youth players, whether they might... Obviously, none of them names I said, excluding Greenwood, are probably in United's strongest 11 or if United fans had a gun to their head and they needed to pick an 11 to get a result, but you get the point. One of the biggest, if not the biggest upset in the in the FA Cup, you know. Shout out to Sam Greenwood, former Arsenal lad now of Leeds for making his debut, you know. Even Mark Wright played in this game, but I'm sure you all saw Crawley Town defeated Leeds United three goals to nil. You know, it was a fantastic second half, all three goals coming in such crazy people, you know, crazy. Leeds Leeds had had dominated the game for large periods, but I say dominating all that matters is the end result. Battered and Bielsa's men have to go back to the drawing board and it's quite disgraceful. Bristol City beat Portsmouth 2-1. Cheltenham also won 2-1 against Mansfield. Um, Chelsea again, you know. Played a very strong team against Mork and I thought Jude Bell and Adrian would start and you would see all of the, those those sort of things, people. The only one I saw was Billy Gilmore. It was quite a strong team. Again, the way Chelsea are playing, they've got to just pick up form and whatnot. And it's nice to see that two of their summer signings have finally found the back of the net. It only got, you know... Havertz only cost 90 million. You know, he struck in the 84th, 85th minute. I'm sure he scored a hat-trick in League Cup competition and they... and. Chelsea proclaimed that he's arrived. Obviously, I like Havertz people. I'm just poking fun at him, but you know he scored. Werner scored. You can't. You haven't. You haven't heard me say that on my podcast, and you lot haven't said that yourselves too often. So it's good for their confidence. Callum Hudson Odoi really should be starting in the Premier League. Also struck. 
and you know teacher's pet favorite favorite class class student Mason Mount kicked things off people Mount Verna Hudson Adoy and then obviously you had Havertz striking the fight the fatal blow no shame in that Morecambe you know there's no shame in that you lost 4-0 could have been worse it is what it is a lot of pressure on Lampard maybe why he went with a stronger team you know, it was lovely to see the young academy players come off the bench for, for Manchester City, you know, to see Liam Liam Delat and the Metchiar and Howard Bellis. Again, not going to get too many minutes playing at Manchester City, but City won 3-0, you know. Bernardo Silva got a brace, um, you know, to, to get us off within the first 15 minutes. And then obviously to close this tie at half-time, you know, 33rd minute, Manchester City's very own, Stockport's very own, better yet, Phil and Phil Foden struck and, you know, fatal blow. And it's done from there, really and really and truly. Barnsley beat Tranmere 2-0. Spurs won 5-0 against Marine. Now, it was lovely for me to see Alfie Devine. I saw a lot of him at Wigan and he came off the bench and scored in his debut. And I think he's the youngest debutant for, for Spurs now. And he probably has a claim to be one of the youngest goal scorers. I'm not sure if statistics back that up. And he's, you know, it's lovely. It's a lovely moment for the young man to score in your debut. Now, as an Arsenal fan, I'm going to be harsh and say, well, yeah, he's 16, but he's playing against part-timers. You know, he's playing against people that are painters and decorators and things like that. Literally is what the commentator is saying, you know. So it is what it is. But, um, I think Marine tried. It's just there's a massive golf in quality, simply put, you know, for the first 20 or so minutes, you know, they made it kind of hard for Spurs. But after that, it was a madness. You know, Vecinius Jr. getting a hat-trick and he's celebrating like he scored in the Champions League um, with some of them. He got a hat-trick, you know, Lucas Lucas Moura put in a free kick and lovely moment in the 60th minute for Divine to get on the score sheet and, you know, complete the 5-0 route. Marina out. You know, I would have had more sympathy. I don't really care for both teams, but I would have had more sympathy for Marine if they didn't try to run them stupid Ozil jokes. It is what it is. Um, I should have really been doing this podcast yet tomorrow, people, because I actually didn't know. Stop. I actually, there's been so much FA Cup games. I was actually oblivious to West Ham versus Stockport, Stockport versus West Ham. So I apologise in advance. But um, you also had, for me, one of the games of the of the week, you know, you had Brighton versus Newport County. Newport done very well, you know, the keeper, Brighton keeper from zero to hero. You know, again, he was very shaky throughout the whole game, I thought. Wasn't tested too tough, but quite shaky. And it's his fault Webster's conceded their own goal. But again, I think still, if they, I'm not going to lie, it did look like Brighton were going to lose that penalty shootout at a time. I thought you can't blame still. Some of the penalties I was seeing was atrocious, you know. Basuma won him at Arsenal, but that was a horrible penalty. Tussart, horrible penalty. Um, Neil Mupe, horrible penalty. Yeah, um, absolute crazy, you know. Dunk, just about got it in. Crazy, you know. And, I, and like I said, you know, for Ben White, he's travelling to he's travelling back to a team he's played for before. Um, I think Newport can find can count themselves unlucky. I thought they fought as hard as they could. They pushed it to the wire. Even when they conceded in the 90th minute, they did not give up. You know, Solly March scored for those of you um, who were wondering. Solly March scored in the in the 90th minute before a Webster roll goal. Also, it added on time. Apologies. <laughs> Made it go through. So I think Newport can look back with credibility, man. They took. You know, they took a Premier League team to penalties, you know, and it was in the wire. And really, you can say, if I was Newport, what would give me confidence is we lost because of ourselves. You know, we missed some stupid penalties when we could have robbed the game as well, really and truly. That was the game of the week for me. It was quite an enjoyable game to watch. Obviously, not in, not for quality, but just the magic of the FA Cup. 
I've not forgotten Arsenal people. Obviously, Arsenal got to beat Newcastle two goals to nil. Smith Rowe came off the bench and bagged. And obviously, Aubameyang's got another goal. It might not be in the Premier League, but when you're not scoring, any goal that you can come across is a welcomed one. Now, for me, obviously, in that game, we made a lot of changes. I don't feel any of the fringe players took their opportunities. I don't feel Joe took his chance. You know, Martinelli was injured and, you know, Nelson actually hasn't played since um, Rapid Vienna in December. So you're losing a lot of rhythm. But I don't think he took his chance to, to, to mark a claim. And I think he could have actually had two goals. Definitely had one good effort and a goal. There was one that was coming over him, coming over to him. And he's trying to control it with his right where You need to take that in your stride with your left. Tierney gave him a lovely ball and his first touch didn't help him. You know, the less said about Willian, the better. He's thundering over the boss. You know, he's still only had two shots on target since he signed for this club, which tells you everything. Um... So I don't feel any of the fringe players or the players that probably would miss out based on how Arsenal are playing right now in the league and having a bit of form would start. I don't feel Nelson took his chance. I feel Joe looks like a duck out of water. You know, first touch was poor. You know, basic five-yard passes. Not just him, but he typifies it. You know, Cedric was quite underwhelming for me as well. I think Pepe huffed and puffed, but needs to start hitting the target. But excluding that, I don't feel any of the they took their chances. Um, we, you are going to lose a lot of rhythm and sharpness and stuff when you make the changes. But we really were we really were engineering our own problems, really and truly. You know, we really needed to do a lot more to break down that five four one, that back five from Newcastle. And it's no coincidence when we started to bring on players and a mixture of them getting tired in the second half. We started to bring on players. You know, we started to have that. You know, you know. You've got you can't go through the middle nine times out of ten. So you have to hurt them from wide areas, and that's where our goals came from. You know, Tierney was superb for me from start to finish. David Louis, you know, I think Andy Carroll had a good game defensively and probably should have scored. That was my one worry as well. In that, you know, we're we're not playing bad, but we need to wake up and kill off this tie. I didn't want it to go to extra time and things. And when Andy Carroll's effort skimmed wide, I thought, you know what, that's the wake up call because how many times have you seen as an Arsenal fan? It's like we need to go a goal down before we wake up, and I didn't want that to be the case. I feel Carroll put in a shift defensively for his team as well, but also feel David Luiz did very well. You know, he rose up to the physical um, challenge and the occasion of playing against Andy Carroll. He got tight to him. He won his battles. I think they both gave as good as they got. Pablo Marie for me, for me, was superb. It's still early days with his in his Arsenal career. He's only played nine times, you know, for Arsenal, so I can't proclaim him as the next this, that, and the other. But I think he played well and he's doing what he can to complic complicate who plays at centre-half for this football club. Like I said, the centre-halves were cool. Tierney was quality. You know, Saka, Smith-Rowe, Lacazette, Granite Xhaka as well. Granite Xhaka changed the game in midfield for me when he came off. I feel the subs were good. Um, but it is what it is. You know, you never want to go out of the cup at the first time of asking. You never want to go out at the first time of asking when you're defending the cup. You know, as long as we're still in it, we have a chance of retaining it. You know, shout out to the ref because he tried to do Smith Rowe a bit dirty. And I think Smith Rowe, you've got to be a bit, you've got to fight your case a bit stronger because you knew he was innocent. He's putting his hands on his head. He's looking shocked. It's almost like he's, it almost looked like an admission of guilt when it wasn't. I also think that red card kind of highlights what I'm talking about. And Smith Rowe was lively, but I just feel the first touches for us weren't really there. And his first touch gets him in trouble. But he bust case and he obviously scored. It was lovely play from Saka Lacazette. Equally, as was Xhaka. Xhaka and Tini in the build-up for Aubameyang's goal. Shout-out to Aubameyang for keeping it alive. Shout-out to Lacazette for way before that goal actually happened, winning the ball back um, and then giving it to Bakayo Saka. So it's 2-0, clean sheet. You know, for me, the crucial thing is, of course, like I said, 
keep winning, keep trying to advance in the cup and do all of those things. But for me, we need to pick up, you know, we need to keep winning. We need to keep that mentality and that confidence up. So it doesn't matter where the win comes from or what competition for me, just as long as it just as long as it happens, people. And when you look at it this week, we've got Crystal Palace. You know, midweek clash against Crystal Palace. I'm sure they're angry after losing to Wolves, um, and then we've got Newcastle the following Monday, people. So we're gonna need to we're gonna need to be at it, people. We're going into a tough game of a run of fixtures now. You know, we've got Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Southampton away, Ars- um, Arsenal United at the Emirates, Wolves away, Villa away. You know, Leeds at home. Then you've got the, you know, Benfica games and sandwiched in between that. You've got Manchester City. Then after the second leg of the Benfica thing, you've got Leicester away, then Burnley away, then Arsenal versus Spurs. Then on the 20th of March, you've got West Ham away. Then on the 3rd of April, you've got um, Arsenal versus Liverpool. Seven days later, you've got Sheffield United, where that might be where you could pick up three points, but they're fighting relegation. You normally see some dodgy results around this period. So... The next few months and the next few weeks are crucial for Arsenal. So any sort of feel-good factor, any sort of positivity we can kind of collect as a result of winning games, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I'm going to take them, people. So I'm not going to complain in that regards. We did what we needed to do, people. We firmly did what we needed to do. So depending on who you support, you had a decent week. Unless you're, unless you're West Ham, unless, I mean West Brom, sorry, unless you're Leeds, you know, and clubs like that, you're a bit vexed, you know, Palace, you know, because you went out. But the good thing is Premier League action after today will be back on and you've got Sheffield United versus Newcastle, people. That's going to be a tough game. West Brom, I mean, Sheffield United need to win games, you know. I think they're on two points. West Brom are on eight, eight, you know. Again, you're going to need a lot more than just three points to advance, but any sort of advance is an advancement. Newcastle obviously lost at the weekend. I'm sure Steve Bruce wants to take his anger out on Sheffield United, so we'll have to see. Sheffield United have actually lost their last five matches against Newcastle, which is their worst ever run against the Magpies people. Newcastle have actually won their last three away league matches against Sheffield United, so make of that what you will, people. Wolves versus Everton, due to be a fantastic game for the neutrals. Carlo Ancelotti versus Nuno Espirito Santo, 7th place versus 13th, you know, let's see what happens there. Wolves have lost one of their last six home games against Everton people. That last came in 2011 under Mick McCarthy. Um, Everton are looking to win three consecutive Premier League away matches without conceding for the first time since December 2008. So they're trying to put form together. Brighton have a tough task traveling to Manchester and the had to play fifth choice, fifth place, sorry, Manchester City. City have won all sixth of their Premier League games against Brighton people and scored 20 goals and conceded just twice. Brighton have never won an away league game against Manchester City in 10 previous attempts. The good thing is records are there to be broken, people. So make of that what you will, people. Some interesting midweek clashes. Aston Villa welcomes Spurs. Hopefully, Jack Grealish can do a job. You know, again, we don't even know if that one's going ahead. Jose said he's still planning. And again, is it really fair? Because what this is the credibility. Aston Villa are having a very good season. You know, if they play their young players as good as as commendable as it was against Liverpool, they're gonna Spurs are gonna mop the floor with them. You know, and again, it puts the credibility of the of of the league in 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 contempt, and it sets a bad precedent for me because let's just say let's okay, 
what happens if I'm about to get relegated or I'm fighting relegation and I've had to isolate and still play these games and things. I've played kids, this means we've gone down. What if through similar circumstances that impacts who wins the league or who gets top four? I think this is a bad precedent. I think the best way to do it is just simply to postpone these games. You know, it's not fair. And I, I, I'm an Arsenal fan. I'll be saying this if Spurs, if, if the shoe is on the other foot and Spurs are having to use their under 23s and under 18s and things. It's not fair. Now, I know life isn't fair. We need to get on with these things, but it's going to put the credibility of the league or everything into dispute. You know, because if I if I end up getting relegated and I've had to seg uh, segregate some of my players, I can't lie to you, I'm fighting tooth and nail. You know, if, it, if it's the difference between me winning the league title or not, I'm fighting tooth and nail, top four, you know, cup competitions. I think it sets a bad precedent, you know, and it, and I do think we're going to start seeing one rule for one and, and another for the other. Um, <clears throat> I call this game the Tim Shearwood derby, people, or the Kyle Walker derby. We'll have to see. What happens, people? In all comps, Aston Villa have lost 11 of their last 12 against Spurs. The last time they um, winning the other was in 2015 under Tim Sherwood, people. Um, we're going to have to see what's, what's going to happen this season. Away from that, away from that, though, as well, people. I think you've also got... You've got Burnley against Manchester United. We're going to have to see what what that throws up. I'm sure Manchester United, you know, there's talk of challenging for the league. They're going to need to go out there and prove it by simply winning games. So, you know, let's see what they've let's see what they've got people. Let's see what they've got. Um away from that, where's Chelsea? So it always gets a bit com always gets a bit confusing people. It always gets a bit confusing. So I don't think Chelsea's actually midweek people. I think Chelsea are involved in the fr in the action on the Friday. So I think that's the that's the that's what we need to talk about on the Friday. I think in relation to midweek games it's just Burnley United, Sheffield United versus Newcastle, Wolves against Everton, Manchester City against Brighton, Villa against Spurs and obviously Arsenal versus Palace or so make of that's what you will, people. I guess the only thing left is to speak about some sort of transfers or transfer news, people. Um, apparently, the Premier League is actually, in fact, considering the possibility of postponing the Aston Villa home match against Spurs on Wednesday and replacing it with a fixture between Fulham and Spurs that was called off on December the 30th. So, again, I feel the Premier League needs to be proactive. This is real reactive. You should have, the minute this came, you should have had plans because for me, I feel sorry for Spurs now. You know, your analytics teams are going to have to prepare for a whole different proposition. Again, I can't remember if that's home or away. But again, if it's away, there's now travel plans for Spurs that they have to arrange. Now, again, they're a football club and they've got people around that can do this. But again, it hurts the credibility of it, people. Um, obviously, there's a COVID outbreak at, 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 West, at the West Midlands Club, so it all makes sense. But we'll have to see, people. We'll have to see. Apparently, Fulham are unhappy about the proposal, given they played 120 minutes in the FA Cup on Saturday and are supposed to be playing Chelsea on Friday. So it's not fair for for them. I don't think there's going to be a winner for anybody, you know. But I think we've got to do a bit more, people, because, you know, we're already having a condensed season because of the European Championship and COVID. You know, there's already been four matches postponed due to COVID. They need to be proactive in this regard. So I sympathise with every Premier League club who's going to, be a madness of this in relation to Premier League news though apparently Rob Holding has committed his future to Arsenal and signed a new deal there was talk of that before and he's done it you know he's got to captain us against Everton Arteta's been singing his praises apparently Arteta and Eddie view him as a, as one of the emerging leaders and at 25 years of age as part of a young squad you might be able to be that He's made 17 appearances so far this season and he started each of Arsenal's past 11 in the Premier League people 
And I think right now we've got good problems at centre-half. I don't believe in David Luiz at all, really, but he's not that bad of a player and he's going to be gone in, in the end of the season, hopefully, but he's been playing all right. Marie's been playing all right. For me, Gabriel walks back into the team and you've got Holden who's playing well. So again, who is the centre-half pairing? It's a tough one for Arteta, so I don't mind that. Congratulations on the new deal. At 25 years of age, I'd hope he signed a five-year deal minimum to tie him until he's 30. Maybe an option of another one to commit him to his 31 and commit him to the best point, best parts of his career. So shout out to Holden. He's gone a long way from leaving permanently slash on loan to now this. Um, apparently, we could be opening to letting Runnison leave um, on loan this in, in this this market, providing we bring in a goalie. And again, he was always viewed as more of a third choice. I think even third choice is punching. He's a crap goalie, to put it nicely. Hopefully, we can sign a backup goalie and take let him go permanently. Again, I'm open to being proven wrong. He actually has not played that many times in an Arsenal shirt. But I think some man, you don't need to see that. You just need to see two minutes, and you can see he's not a good. He's not good enough for this level. I'm not even getting at him. I have to get at the scouts, the coaches, the manager, the agents, whoever collectively took this decision to say, yeah, this guy can help us. If Leno gets injured, this can be our Premier League goalie. He's not that. He's not that. I'd even say Carson. And, and even this, even the man I'm about to speak to, Robert Green's probably better than him. Apparently, Fulham, have, um, Stoke, apologies, offered 40-year-old retired goalkeeper Green a chance to um, return to playing people. Apparently, they tried to convince him. Um, I don't know the progress of that. He turns 41 today, actually. Happy birthday to Robert Green. Um, Rob Green. Um, so make of that what you will. Stoke have a goalkeeping crisis, as you know. Um, apparently, Napoli have a missed out to Arsenal for not only Gabriel and Pepe, but also Kieran Tierney are also linked with going back in for Kieran Tierney. Obviously, that one day isn't going to happen. Manchester United are set to compete with PSG for 22-year-old Brett's midfielder, Romain Favre. He can play as an inverted playmaker off that left-hand side. He's quite a decent player. I'm not too sure of his level personally, but I like what I see. Apparently, Everton are considering a move for 27-year-old midfielder Felipe Anderson, who is on loan at Porto from West Ham. Um, apparently, Chelsea are unwilling to let Ross Barkley join Aston Villa, where he's on loan on the cheap. Apparently, he's still got two and a half years left on his deal. And in the summer, you're probably going to have to let him go on the cheap. Tomori is still linked with loan moves away. And the 23-year-old English centre-half needs to sort out his future. He's been linked with Newcastle, um, who have also been linked with bringing in Brandon Williams. Brian Diaz is set to leave AC Milan at the end of his loan spell and return to Real Madrid. Again, I don't know how long his his future's been there. You've still got the same old Declan Rice linked to Chelsea. I'm not too sure that one is actually going to happen. You all know it's difficult to do in January. So, yeah, like I said, there isn't too much to talk about in the world of football, but, you know, we've still made a podcast happen. It's been a decent half an hour. I'll be back on Friday. Check out my other YouTube content or my other content better yet. I'm always live streaming. I can't imagine you don't know, but links are all in the description. Follow me on Twitch, Deludaguna187. Following, you know, follow me on all my other socials. Links are in the description, but I can't lie, people. It's been a lovely podcast, but I'm going to have to love and leave you and catch you lot in a bit. People, deluded, I'm out. Please make sure you're following on Spotify, on Apple and the rest of the podcast outlets as well. I'm out. <laughs>